my name is Tara, and I'm always searching for the connection between all kinds of people. Given the current landscape, we often feel divided amongst each other. It is inspiring to find the commonality amongst each other. The next guest I have with me has endured a lot, but has always persevered through it all and has given herself grace and compassion not only to herself, but to the others that she interacts with. Her empathetic side, along with her analytical mindset, makes her a great coworker and great friend to connect with. Please welcome my next guest, Susan Falcone. Thanks for joining me today, Susan. No problem. Awesome. I'm excited to have you here and uh, dig a little bit deeper. I feel like I know you a little bit, but I've only scratched the surface, so I'm very excited to get to um, know you a little bit more and definitely with the audience as well. Um, so before we get started in your journey, Share with us, what is your title and what department do you work at for Ohio Health? I am a senior consultant in learning here at Ohio Health, and I really love what I do. Well, that's great to hear, too. So that kind of actually segues into my next question here, so that's perfect. So how long have you worked at Ohio Health then? I have been at Ohio Health almost 32 years. I've been in this department almost 20 and prior to that, I worked in patient registration and also continuing medical education, which is now a part of our general learning department. Well, that's awesome. And congrats for hitting that big of a milestone. I feel like it's very rare that you hear that within the um, work environment for someone being with a company that long. So thank you for all that you've done and contributed to Ohio Health. That never goes unnoticed. Thanks. Yeah, it's... um. It's been a very fulfilling journey. I, I bet, yeah. And let's go a little bit more into that journey then as well. So as you mentioned in your um, answer there that you've worked in CME as well. So I guess like in the different departments you've worked at within Ohio Health, what drove you or inspired you to move on to new environment per se then? Well, when I was 15 years old, I started as a lifeguard and I taught swimming lessons. And I taught six months to adults. And that really got me going on teaching and helping people, you know, further their, I mean, I know that at that point it was learning how to swim, learning how to be safe. You know, it translates into, you know, my career today. Sure. It was really very fulfilling to be able to see, especially the adults, see them being afraid feet in the water and then I could get them at the end of the deep end in six weeks. Wow. So it, um, you know, my very, very early experience, you know, I think helped get me where I am today. Well, sure. And, and that's a very good point as well. Oftentimes um, when I reflect back on the first job I had as well, I worked at a retirement home. So kind of like providing care, and comfort to residents while working in the dining room, but just making sure I gave them a positive experience and made sure their food, you know, tasted really well or um, make sure we were able to accommodate their diet needs. It's very fulfilling to look back at your first job or first set of jobs and mm -hmm. see what that taught you and how you're able to apply that where you are now or how that's essentially gotten to where you are now later in life. So that's very inspiring to hear. And like I said, I did not know you were a lifeguard. So that's really I awesome because I enjoy swimming as well. So nice. Yeah. You know, and when I went to college, I, you know, I sort of had an idea what I wanted to do. 
but I really think those early experiences helped shape being able to get to where I am today. So I am um, very, very grateful for everything. Yeah, absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head there too. I feel like it's always goes back to some sort of education background that you have along with the life experiences as well can definitely shape where you are at um, career-wise or even just along your life journey as well, just what you've learned and how you can help out other people or what you can apply, what have you learned to and, and continue to grow upon that as well. So you hit a really good point there as well. So with that being said, where you are now, being a senior business consultant and primarily working with the LMS, which is the acronym for a learning management system. So for those who are not familiar, that was me at one point when I started with the learning team. I had no idea what the system was. How would you describe that to the audience, what a learning management system is then? Uh, The LMS is a really great tool that can provide the administration and documentation, tracking, reporting, and delivery of any kind of educational course. There's so many different formats available nowadays, including online classroom content, assessments, evaluations. And it's just a really nice way to be able to provide that reporting with healthcare being so regulated and to be able to provide the education in a way that helps the learner learn the most about the particular subject and be able to take it back and help improve the patient's outcome. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I can see where the learning management system is definitely useful in a clinical setting, especially with nurses and everybody just, again, working on the clinical side, always want to make sure they're up to date with the most accurate training since they are on the front line and taking care of patients. And I can imagine with new implementation and even new technology, that can be a lot to keep up with. So it sounds like from what you shared there, it's a good system to have then at least in the clinical aspect as well, to make sure that they are properly trained um, to take care of patients the best way as possible too. And it seems like it's a really cool blended way as opposed to just doing strictly hands-on training. It's nice that you can do it online in some capacities, whether it's watching a video, taking a test, or doing some of the pre-work and then attending a live class or doing a check-off session if you're learning new equipment. So that's really cool. And I'm not going to lie, I never realized yeah, that whole system even existed within organizations as well. So thank you for sharing that too. Yeah, it's um, it's been kind of great to kind of fell into this job. Um, I was working before we had an LMS in learning. Okay. And I've just seen how far we've come. So it's been very exciting to see us go from playing a tape on a VCR to having people watch a video online. So it's, it's very fulfilling to see the advances in the technology. Oh, right. And I feel like you can definitely attest to that as well, just seeing the growth of the LMS and not only that, but just the growth of technology of how we are teaching our clinical folks then as well, as you mentioned, like in a classroom setting, watching a VCR to now, a blended format or strictly online so it seems like it can be 
more conducive for those on a busy schedule or maybe people learn in different ways as well. So that's got to be, like you said, very fulfilling and very interesting to see that whole progression with the management system and the technology piece as well. Yeah, it, it is. And that's the perfect segue to my next question too then. So with our own LMS that we use and the other different platforms out there as well that different organizations use, what have you noticed as far as trends or anything developing within the management system that you would see being a potential game changer or just something cool that you want to start using? Yeah, one of the things is that there is a large variety of authoring tools to create the content. So, for example, we're using Zoom today. Um, Ohio Health also uses WebEx. Right. And um, we have a different variety of authoring tools, such as Captivate, which helps people take go step-by-step step through some sort of online process, whether it be patient-facing, such as you're taking care of your patient, or it could be submitting your mileage report. And it does record all of those clicks so you can learn how to do a process from the start to the beginning. Um, there's a lot of other really kind of fun tools out there as well uh, that allow people to be more interactive and they can engage with the content, which really helps with the retention. Right. It's, you know, we've gone from, let's click the next button and the next button to get through. But people, a lot of times, they learn really well by interacting with the content. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't a place for your traditional learning. So when a nurse first starts and goes to school, they're going to need that traditional setting to learn about anatomy and physiology. Right. You need that base education. But for the things that we're talking about in the workplace, having that scenario-based learning can be a real asset. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Some great points that you brought up there as well. And kind of within that conversation too, I know I mentioned the learning system being used mainly in the clinical setting, but I feel like both of us definitely have firsthand experience in how it works on the HR or the corporate side, as I like to talk about as well. So I guess, have you seen any trends or any benefits um, for the corporate or the business side people to using the LMS then as opposed to like traditional classroom setting then? Um, yeah, I think that a lot of the online tools such as Captivate, we had a really good adoption of our purchasing program. And in the near future, we're going to be moving to Workday for our purchasing. And there's going to be a lot of online training that will walk you through your day-to-day -day that everybody's going to have to do because you've got to get the supplies ordered whether you're on a clinical unit or you're not clinical. Sure. Um, and if there's pre-work that somebody wants to put out there, like, okay, let's do a little bit of reading before you come to class and learn more about the lean process, for example. Um, and also, you may also do a, like a pre-survey, kind of gauge where they're at with a particular subject. Mm -hmm. And then you can sort of tailor that session to that information. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
as I mentioned before, just with being heavy on the clinical, it's very interesting to see the flip side of the HR, um, business operational side, whatever you call it as well. And it's making me think of COVID too. I know within our little learning sub team, we're starting to offer more sessions online. Um, we did a lot of classroom offerings as we thought there's benefit to it, but we got to thinking that, hey, wait a minute, maybe it might be easier for people to learn online or watch a quick video or attend a two hour online session as opposed to four hour class. So it's been very interesting to kind of see that trending too with either the hybrid or fully online and getting feedback from associates, whether they do like that or not as well. So that's yeah. just been very interesting trends you've been sharing with us. So thank you for sharing that too. Yeah, and I think that people are um, kind of getting used to that as being the new way to do things and they are blocking that time trying to keep that as oh well i'm going to do something else while i'm on my webex they're keeping that time as this is important and blocking everything else out um for example before i joined this i closed all of my programs that way there's no distractions i think that can be really helpful for people Absolutely. You bring up a good point as well. I love doing online learning as well. When I was going to college, I actually did some online classes and got some benefit out of that. You're right. You have to go into it with the right tools and the mindset because as great as the internet and email and technology can be, there's a ton of distractions and that can always be hard to engage that associate online. So I feel like this is a good time to really experiment and kind of find that sweet spot of what works as far as making sure those associates are engaged and that they are learning um, as much as they can and retaining that information. Just try and be mindful that there's always going to be distractions going on too and what we can always tweak to make sure it's the best online class that we can offer. So that's a very good point there too. With all that being said, I feel like I've talked a lot about your professional career as well. So again, thank you for sharing with me in the audience your expertise and your knowledge in that field for sure. I always call you the OMS guru. So let's take another path here and talk about your personal life as well. I remember when I first met you, you did share a little bit of a backstory too about an unfortunate accident that you were a part of, a pretty significant accident is what I would call it as well. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience then what that accident was about and mainly from that situation as well, what was a takeaway or what did you learn from that accident that you're able to apply either your professional career or your personal life as well? Yeah, back in January of 2017, I was really looking forward to that being a great year. Um, before that, I had been very ill and was off for about seven weeks and then was able to come back part-time and eventually full-time. And then on January 12th, went to the grocery store, went to put away a cart and an SUV struck me. Oh my gosh. Um, they hit me from the front. So I fell backwards, cracked my head open. It was raining, so I'm sure you can imagine the mess that was. Oh my God. And I was unconscious. So the paramedics came and took me down to Grant as a level one trauma. And the thing here is that I do not remember any of this happening. Whoa. So, oh my God. Um, I, I do not remember any of this happening. Wow. Um, everything 
I've heard is, you know, been from my sister. And, you know, sometimes I think she saw everything. So it's just as bad for the family as it is for the patient. So I, I was, ended up being fine in that, during that evening, I regained my consciousness. I was very, very dizzy and nauseated. And that takes the weeks to go away. I did get released within a day. I still was nauseated. And you kind of have to be what they call brain rest, where not a lot of stimulation. So not a lot of TV, telephone, anything um, to let your brain rest. Sure. Um, And I guess I was not really all that nice to my sister who was the one taking care of me sure <laughs> um, because I didn't feel good yeah um now I'm not mean anymore and <laughs> most of my other symptoms are gone the uh, thing that does continue is that I've lost my sense of smell wow and since it has been over three years it's most likely not to return according to the doctors that I have seen but things could be a lot worse and I could not even be here today and I learned so much during recovery um, a lot about forgiveness the person that hit me did not mean to do that sure yes they should have been a little more aware I learned about patience and especially being patient with myself because you want to get better right away. But that just doesn't happen like that. Um, so I kind of gave myself up to, you know, I'm not a real religious person, but I gave myself up to our higher power and decided I need to move on with my life. And Wow. First off, thank you for sharing that. I just, as I mentioned before, when you shared that story with me, it made me teary-eyed and you, and you can't see me right now. You can hear me. Um, mm-hmm. I still get teary-eyed hearing that story. Just what happened. Cause I, I don't care how much I dislike you. I would never wish that upon anyone to ever get in some sort of accident or hurt like that. Anyway, mind boggling that you don't remember that happening. Um, but you had your sister there, you know, to help you and take care of you and kind of share that story. So I can't imagine what that's like hearing the story from your sister's perspective. You can't remember yeah. that happening either. She called our friend who actually works in our department, Kathy Morelsko. Yeah. And she was a big help to her. And, um, you know, okay, Laura, this is how you get down to Grant. And this is, you know, and then she came down there and sat with her and that helped a lot. Having good friends in the department has really helped a lot. And we have a great team. I feel like we do. It's like you all are my coworkers, but I really consider you and really everybody else in the learning team like a second or third family to me. Because um, mm-hmm. I feel like we're always there for each other, whether it's work related or not work related. And I feel very 
blessed to have that confidence in my coworkers, knowing if anything were to arise that you guys always have my back or always take care of me. Cause I can say from working at other places, it never felt like that. So I feel like we're very yes. truly blessed that we have others outside of our actual family and friends mm -hmm. circle that can be there for us no matter what. So that's a very good point Phil. And I knew that, you know, like Kathy, she's just like, okay, I'll call our boss and don't worry about anything except getting better. Right. And something you said within that earlier conversation too about the whole kind of forgiveness and having grace to yourself and just being very patient as well. I feel like that's one of the greatest life lessons as well. And I'm trying to teach myself every day to give myself patience, grace, and compassion because some days are better than others. You also mentioned yeah, you don't have your sense of smell and you had to recover for a little bit, but it could have been a lot worse. You, you could have not come out of the pump. Because yeah, for, for some, it just puts into perspective because for some people, we don't have that recovery. Fortunately, my dad, one of his coworkers a couple years ago was just biking like he normally does early in the morning and somebody hit him really hard and it was a hit and run. So the car took off from the scene, but he ended up passing away a couple days from it later. So it just really puts perspective when you're in that recovery mode too just really makes you do a lot of deep thinking and contemplating so I can imagine you were feeling that definitely within the few years since that accident if that's safe to say too yeah definitely yeah right it just it makes you just kind of stop and think and do a lot of deep pondering with that too so I'm very thankful that you are where you are now and, and feeling a lot better after the few years since the accident as well. So thank you for being vulnerable and just sharing with that with the audience as well. I feel like a lot of them are going to be able to somewhat um, resonate with that story as well, whether it's themselves personally, a family member, friend, acquaintance, something like that. It just makes you really think about life. It does. And I've, I've learned a lot. So I'm, 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 I'm grateful for everything that I've gone through. It yeah. gets you to where you are today. Absolutely. I feel like that's one of the strongest testaments to life is that good things are going to happen, bad things are going to happen, but it's, it's going to lead you to hold on the right path or where you need to be at kind of the right place, the right time. And it kind of shapes you into who you are and what you really make of it. So Again, thank you for sharing that as well. Um, so to kind of get off a uh, somber note there as well. Yeah. <laughs> so um, besides being the LMS guru, as I dubbed you earlier, what do you like to do for fun outside of work? Yeah, so I have three cats. Aww. Um, My newest one I've had just over two weeks. She's about 13 weeks old now. It's been very interesting have a kit, having a kitten again because my other two cats I got as adults. Okay. So it's been really kind of fun having that kitten behavior. He's absolutely hilarious. Um, and I have one that's two years old and I have an eight-year-old. Then my eight-year-old I've had since January of 19 my two-year-old we've had since june 4th so just in a couple days it'll be her one year anniversary with us and she is absolutely hilarious so i do like to spend time with them i'm really glad that 
I've got a home that I really enjoy. I have set up myself in my basement. Um, it's not finished, so Finn Webex says people see the ducting in my ceiling. You know, they see the ducting in my ceiling. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. Um, and I do enjoy watching a lot of cooking shows, even though I don't cook a lot. I know that sounds really strange, but I love watching cooking shows, especially cooking competition shows. I can cook. It's just, it's not something I get real excited about. Um, <laughs> I feel the same way too. <laughs> you know, it's, um, some people really get into it. It's just, you know, not my thing. We, we, we used to have a joke in our house that has more from five ingredients than the recipe. We're getting rid of the recipe. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like that's too much too. So mostly I, I spend a lot of time with my cats. Um, I've really missed being able to see my aunt. She's in Hamilton, Ohio, which is uh, south of Columbus, about an hour and 45 minutes south of Columbus. Okay. So I've been talking to her a lot. She is not technology forward, so <laughs> been phone calls. Okay. Doesn't so want a computer. Can barely work her telephone in our house. So um, I miss I miss seeing her a lot. So I usually go down there and spend weekends some weekends with her and um, you know help give her son a break from having to do the grocery and um, you know I mean pick up around the house, pull some weeds, stuff like that. So uh, I've missed being able to do that these last. But going to three months now. I haven't seen I haven't seen her since Christmas, so Wow. I'm sorry, that's yeah. gotta be tough too. Yeah. Mostly what I do is play with my cats. <laughs> I'm a crazy cat lady. Oh no, and, and there's nothing wrong with that too. Just mm -hmm. I remember when I first got to meet you, um, you were talking about your cats as well too, and just your love of cats, and I can definitely see mm -hmm. the passion that you have. For your three cats as well so that's super awesome and I feel like during the COVID time more than ever like we've always loved our pets but I feel like our love for pets has grown a million times stronger as well and I feel like they're a great companion and a great emotional support for you as well and it's very inspiring to hear that a lot of the animal shelters at least within the U.S. have been cleared out in the past couple months because we thought this would be a good time to have a pet since we're going to be at home all the time and have all the time and the attention to train it. Mm -hmm. So that just makes my heart happy and that people are recognizing that and, and getting pets out of those shelters and getting them in the loving home. Seeing or hearing things, I feel like my heart does grow five times bigger whenever I see those stories as well. So it's always be my quarantine baby, so. Right, yeah, I feel like anything we, to help with our resiliency during this time is yeah. key. Whatever works for you or for yeah. anyone, it's always gonna be different. And we come up with kind of old-fashioned names. Her name is Mavis. So it's kind of... Aww. I love I like, like I like old school names. Old school names. I mean, like, more human names instead of... Like Spot. Other... What? Yes. Spot, Sparky, yeah. stuff, stuff a lot. Is that mm -hmm. where you're getting at with that? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes thank you. No, you're good. <laughs> Not real names, because those names are real, too. But we like more... 
like people, human type names. Sure. So. I'm with you on that. Like nothing against people that name it like Spot or Boots or Sparky. Like, you know, those, those are legitimate names as well. But it's kind of funny giving an animal a human name. So like if you ever have to yell at it, it's like you're yelling at a human like, hey, George, like what are you doing? And it just seems like near that way to yeah. me. I don't know. It just seems like they're more part of the family when they have like a human name. That, that's just me. But I mean, every other name is legitimate out there as well. But I feel like there's a sense of humor with having an adult name for a pet as opposed to like I guess the cute nickname is the best way of describing it the other yep. types of names yep and I have um my my eight-year-old is Madeline and my two-year-old is Mabel oh so. those are like very from like what 1920s to 1940s I feel like is that a safe time range for where the it, it source is of actually Mabel was um my paternal grandmother's name Oh, so, and it just fits her. Her name from the shelter was Cher, and that just totally did not fit her or her personality. <laughs> love that name, but you got to have a big personality. I feel yeah. like it's very funny. I do love Cher, but yeah, those are some big shoes to fill. I feel like if somebody is named after Cher. <laughs> yeah, especially since she's orange. It's just I could maybe see that for a black cat with her right. and her black hair, but she was an orange cat, so. I remember too, just within conversing with you, I feel like you've been on a couple cruises as well. So I feel like we have that same connection as well is that we love at least like traveling or taking vacations as well. So it's weird to think that during COVID, you know, I mean, like if COVID wasn't happening, I feel like there obviously be a lot more like cruises going on. So it just makes you kind of sit there and kind of think about what we kind of took for granted before COVID happened. And now that we're not able to do that. I had a cruise planned um, uh, a four day in, um, the beginning of April that got canceled. And I also had one that was leaving September 25th that has been canceled because it was leaving from Canada and Canadian ports are closed through the end of October. So plus I also had had a, um, little weekend scheduled in Chicago. So I've had three vacations canceled, but I'm okay. I will get to go sometime. Right. Not going to lie, that that sucks as well that you had three vacations, probably just like most people in general did, and then come to realization it can't happen. But that's Mm -hmm. the right mindset to have is that it's not going to happen this year, but hopefully it'll happen next year at some other time and you you get that opportunity as well. And that way we can get practices in place and, you know, things will be more normal and people have not tried it out, but, you know, I'm not going to go to a restaurant anytime, probably in the next couple months until practices and things like that, but they get really good at it. So I will do takeout. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's just interesting to see things kind of easing back into somewhat of a normalcy too, but then like what are they changing for practices? And I I like to call those people the guinea pigs, the ones that are so high strong on getting back on cruise ships or going back to the restaurants and actually sitting in there. And I'm kind of like, nah, you guys can go first. Like I'm going to take my sweet time or just see how this first wave goes and then kind of determine for myself 
as well because I know we're all at different um, levels it feels like with COVID as far as getting back out there and getting back to a normal life some people want to get into it right away then others are like I don't mind waiting another three or four months either or hell even to like next year as well so almost like that change curve that we talk about in the HR lies like where is everyone on that path and how they're feeling and where they want to get to next so right and and people you know it's that's what makes our world and everything well great in some ways um we've had some civil unrest here lately but that's what's makes things what makes our world great and what makes ohio health great is our diversity of people and how inclusive ohio health is of people right. from all all walks of life that is very true um you you really hit the nail on the head there as far as ohio health i feel like they're really becoming a great leader as far as diversity inclusion and getting um, others to speak up and listening to those conversations and those comments as well so i feel like we are definitely headed in the right step to just with unfortunately with everything that's been going on um as well which is very heartbreaking to see in the news as well and kind of like the theme of the conversation it kind of makes you stop and think and ponder on a lot too and what action we can take as well. Um, but kind of another question I have too, since you've been with Ohio Health for so long, what what do you think Ohio Health's like secret sauces or what what makes you think or what do you think Ohio Health does to really retain, I honestly think the best employees and retain them for so long like yourself. I'm just curious to get your perspective on that. I think that we have um, our culture, that we are very open and diverse. Um, and we let people come to us and we, we can help them further as well. Or if their wish is to, I need to come and I need to work, and I need to be the best at what I do. And, you know, we allow that too. Um, right. Not everybody wants to get to that CEO position. Some people are happy where they're at. You know, Ohio Health lets people learn. They let us try things out. We, they allow us to be innovative in how to do our job how to you know how to get things across to people if we're thinking about learning it's like hey let's let's try this out okay let's try this out you know if we find out that oh wow we really need to do this course in person this online stuff's not working <laughs> you know right. we've learned, we you know you learn something about that and you make a change for the next time um so i think ohio health just if they were, were kind of open to everyone, open to the whole world. Which, you know, I, I was brought up Catholic, um, and the definition of Catholicism is what I taught to my third graders in Sunday school was Catholic means open to the whole world. Right. And I think by being a religious-based organization, you know, we've, we're, we're open to 
everybody. And I really think people appreciate they appreciate the benefits that we have. Um, they appreciate, you know, being able to speak up and say, hey, why don't we try this this way? Or, wow, we could save money by doing something a little differently. Sure. I think that it's, it's a great organization, and I really believe uh, that our mission and vision and values really align with mine. I mean, I come to work to improve the health of those we serve and to improve the health of those who serve. So that's, you know, another way to look at it. We believe in we. Um, you know, we're all here for each other. I think we all do a really good job. We're all, we're all in it together. In all honesty, I feel like you just described Ohio Health's culture perfectly. Um, and it attests from you being there for so long and just seeing all these great changes um, and all these great people come into the organization and bring up innovative ideas or ways to be more friendly. And I feel like a lot of great things has come from having those conversations and being very um, diverse and very open to people's comments and conversations as well. Um, I've been with Ohio Health, um, will be five years, January next year, but I feel like in the short time that I've been here, it's been great to see what the organization's done, and I'm, as I mentioned earlier, I'm so thankful for the people I get to work with, all the change we get to be a part of, and you brought up the learning point as well. Um, I feel like Ohio Health's a great organization, too, and that they want us try out new things and if it doesn't work out then try another method or consult somebody else to get some ideas like there's no sense of failure per se if that makes sense it's like they want us to be innovative and keep trying and keep collaborating with a lot of people too so i feel like you did a really good job of explaining the culture there for everybody for sure so thank you and i feel like that's actually like the perfect way to end our conversation here. So again, thank you for joining me today as well, Susan, and giving your insight with your analytical mindset with the learning management system, but also being vulnerable and sharing your story and your personal life. And that's helped get to where you are today. Always remember to be kind to yourself and one another. And remember, if you don't have an invite to the table, make your own. This is Table Talk with Tara.